Welcome to Under Rocks, a podcast from WNIJ where we explore and investigate unique places, people, and things that bring us joy here in our region. And for this month's show, we set out to make a podcast about collections. What were interesting things that people collected, uh, interesting collections that people have, but we ended up discovering a collection that was so great it needed to get its own episode. And that is because Under Rock's correspondent, Dan Libman, introduced us to John Barnhart, who lives at Stone Corners in Oregon, Illinois, on the corner of East Honey Creek Road and Watertown Road. Sue Stevens set the scene for us as we drove up to Stone Corners. Uh, it was a cold morning as we pulled up to uh, Stone Corners and our eyes were popping. Stones. You, you hear Stone Corners. What do you think? Stones. Just piles. Everywhere. I shouldn't say just, just piles of stones, but piles of stones. Uh, they're not just yeah. any stones, too. They're sort of arranged like sculptures, yeah. like monuments yeah. almost. Yeah. So... Uh, if you've ever driven down that road, you've noticed it. You've There's noticed no way it. you could miss this. So we were very excited to get invited to actually step in amongst the stones and learn more about it. So let's meet, as Dan Libman calls him, John Barnhart, this local legend. Oh, man. Okay. I'm way too excited now. Hey! Hey! Hello there. You want to come up? Yeah, I want sure. to introduce you to my friend John Barnhart. Hi, Hello. glad to meet you. John is, uh, uh, is a friend of mine from Oregon, Illinois. He yeah. is a, uh, you hear the phrase local legend, John? You are a local legend. You know that oh, that's you. true. He's a, it is, and we're doing a lot of things on joy this uh, this year, and, and knowing you brings me joy because you're full of stories and you're full of life, and uh, just even in the couple minutes before you guys got here, we were walking around his house. It's like a museum. There's so much, uh, I like so much your history humor here. Too. Oh, thanks, John. I love your humor. Yes. <laughs> Mutual admiration. So uh, well, Spencer and I showed up late uh, here because we got distracted on the way in. We parked and then just started looking. Yeah. It's e- very easy to get distracted. It's yes, great. I, yeah, I enjoy collecting rocks, as as you can see. True. But I di- I didn't know where you wanted to start as far as how I. I'm not sure either. Yeah. What do you? I know. Well, that I usually start out here. Tours. Okay. Yeah. See, the rock collection was started by a Civil War vet in 1867, Virgil English Reed. They call this Stone Corners, obviously because of the stones. And uh, Leon Reed, that was Virgil Reed's oldest boy. He had four boys. Started calling it Stone Corners because obviously when the automobiles started coming around about 1903, you had the Oldsmobile, Harley Davidson, Henry Ford built the first car, blah blah. But you didn't really start seeing them until the teens. And then people started traveling, and then in the 20s, when cars got a little bit more reliable, people would stop by here and visit all the time. So they started calling it Stone Corners. And I've inherited a lot of the family's uh, heirlooms and different things. I've kind of you know, been a spokesman for them. So and this became kind of a landmark for people who had cars to, to come yeah. take a look. When I bought the house, the house was basically abandoned. The guy lived in a trailer and had aluminum siding and vinyl siding and barn siding all over the house. Oh, I tore it all off, got down the original wood. But just before I purchased the, the home, uh, three gentlemen purchased the house. I won't say their names, you know, because a lot of people are very angry with them. Oh. I'm friends with them now. Um, they took every single stone. There wasn't two left. Oh, right. So, so just a little background. So, the, these were here originally, and then yeah. when somebody bought them, they took all the stones away, and yeah. then you had to spend a considerable amount of effort to re- to bring them back. Here. Yeah. And where where did they take them all? 
a gravel pit behind the roller rink. Oh, That's I'm where they staged them. It was road. like 2008, maybe. To the best of your knowledge, is this what it looked like before uh, before they removed it all and you brought it back? I or got is... pictures of all that. I got so pictures of when all the rocks were gone. the way it looks as well. Nice. Really close. I put my own artistic twist on it. Oh, okay. And these were all done by hand. Wow. Round posts and bars to move everything. I'm going to do it the old-fashioned oh, way. Oh, wow. Okay. I just looked up in the tree. I was like, ah, there's a giant rock up in it yeah, dangling would, from a tree. Yeah, he would hang rocks in the trees, and I've continued the tradition. Mm -hmm. The ones with the green wire are the ones that he did. Here's a fine example right here. John starts to show us around, and we immediately get a sense of Stone Corner's history. It starts to feel like you're in another era. That over there is the wash house. There's a 1915 Model T in there now. I collect Model Ts and old cars and tractors wow. and jazz. And uh, that's the original outhouse. I got three on the property. Oh, wow. Which one do you use currently? This one right here. And oh. it's all functional. I restored it. Okay. And when the guys did our roofs, they used it and they liked it. They yeah. got a kick out of it. You know, <laughs> people come out, oh, wow, I get to use an outhouse. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's, you know, Sears catalog to look through. <laughs> Am I right? I'm sure you are. Yeah. yeah. 1983 was the last year for the Sears catalog. And um, I've got one in there. Outhouses aside, John starts showing us what originally had attracted us to Stone Corners, the massive sculptural rock arrangements that cover the property. His deep knowledge and love for geology is apparent. These are all glacial till when the glaciers came. We were right at the end of the glaciers, um, and this is all glacial till. The glaciers uh, stopped right in this vicinity. It got a little bit heavier as you headed towards Chena. But the glaciers were, you know, five miles high, and they just, I've got rocks here that'll blow your mind. He's not kidding. John Barnhart has a rock collection like you've never seen. This is obsidian. Here's your petrified wood. I got a meteorite. Yeah, here's a meteorite. This is a piece of chap granite from Great, uh, Great Britain. This is a Hoshka shell. This is Confederate. I got some dinosaur eggs back oh, here. Really? John shows us a strange-looking rock called fulgurite, formed only where lightning strikes the soil or sand. This is rare. What is it? Is it it's sand when it melts when the lightning hits the ground. Just ain't they amazing? They're really light. They're so gorgeous, they're light, yeah. And they're, they're porous. They look like sponges. Yeah. Wow, wow. They're just amazing. When you come across something like this, you just jump up and down because <laughs> this is hard to find. Yeah, yeah. And the collection is much more than just rocks. One object that catches our eye is an enormous metal chain that looks like it's melted. John tells us it's from the Great Chicago Fire. This has been here since 1872. Wow. And then I've got cannonballs, shards of cannonballs picked up. Um, and all the different battles and everything. Adding to the sense of history are the numerous names and dates chiseled into the stones. Ooh. Virgil Reed, when he served in the Civil War, he would, uh, after he had, was mustered out in 1867... He was mustered out? Yeah, that's a term they use where he was, he was uh, discharged. Okay. Anyways, he would chisel names, and there's probably 30 names around here of Civil War vets that he served with, as well as pioneers, because he was born September the 1st, 1841. He died February the 2nd, 1923, in this house. So he, he chiseled the names of just the, his comrades, not necessarily... Exactly. Interesting, like, you know, um, in order to remember things, we write things down on paper, but of course none of, the, none of that paper would survive. But <clears throat> by chiseling it into stone, here we are looking at yes. it still here. That's what survives. That's... Yeah. We need yeah. to start writing on stone more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Less digital, <laughs> yeah. more stone. Yep. And we should mention for people, because you said you you set all these up pretty much by hand with pretty minimal tools. Some of these are huge. It, yeah. <laughs> this couldn't have been an easy job. Yeah, that one's yeah. seven tons around over there. 
He brought that here in 1888 on a train car on the railroad, and then he drug it with horses down the road. He'd go so far, the horses would get tired, he'd just leave it in the road. He'd come <laughs> home and then go back a few days later, drag it a little bit further. Wow. You know, things were different back then. Dirt roads and stuff, people would just simply go around with a buggy, and they knew it was Virgil. So Pretty. it's interesting, like, you're, you're in his house, and you've sort of adopted his collection, too, and, yeah. and have kind of, like, you really are an extension of, of what he started and you know you've taken it to new heights and of course you've got your own artistic aesthetic vision of it so that yeah. so that rocks look a little different it's right and i tell people if you want to know what virgil reed looked like look at me yeah does, yeah does it, i'm serious yeah. wow yeah it's like a shining thing Kevin. yeah it's, <laughs> you've always been the character <laughs> but here, good John. yeah um i've also got saint peter sandstone right here and this comes probably less than a mile from here i've got one piece that's it's huge. It's in the back. It's shaped like a heart. And um, I wrestled that in the back of the Datsun, you know, with come-alongs and planks. And I'd actually dig holes in the ground. And so the truck would drop down to where the tailgate was down in the ground, you know, down the ground. Oh, wow. It's a good rock. You ain't Smart, leaving it. You right? know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. yeah. These are called Omars. John shows us some stones covered with smooth, round indents like little holes that have been cut out. Now, back when the earth was forming many, 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 many thousands of years ago, um, this was a liquid. And, uh, you know, volcanoes and whatnot, every lava, when it cures at different rates, it forms different types of rock. Of course, the elements that are in the ground, there's so many factors. Um, air was introduced into it. It was a very violent place to be. <laughs> and so, uh, and then the glaciers came along and busted them up and exposed all these holes that are in the rocks, and they're called omars. Now, Indians would take some of these, and I got some Indian artifacts over there, and they'd have a, a stick with a bow, and the bow would wrap around the stick, and they'd go back and forth. This would go on top. You'd have a bigger stone on the bottom. That's where you put your feathers and all your little material that you want to catch on fire, and you take that bow, and you go back and forth, back and forth. There'd be two guys, one guy kind of nursing the fire and blowing on it. You've seen it on TV and mm -hmm. stuff going back and forth and if you find one of these are relatively smooth that one ain't, that's fairly smooth right. you could tell that it's, yeah. it was a it was an Indian artifact that they use it I've got ga Indian game balls arrowheads axe heads John is pretty serious about his history and geology but it turns out he still likes to play a good prank too I gotta tell you guys a joke um, <laughs> okay. I got guys that like to come out here and, and look with their metal detectors yeah. and so I like to play practical jokes. And so <laughs> I've been throwing pennies in the yard for 13 years. Quarters, nickels, dimes, and Chuck E. Cheese tokens. <laughs> and I'll punch a hole in the ground, I'll put a Chuck E. Cheese token, and then I'll put a penny right on top of it and then bury it. Do they know this? I had one friend that picked up on it because he was, he was out in the back corner and I came out the back door. He gets up off his knees, he goes, John, what's going on here? <laughs> it's fun to think of scientists in uh, three centuries from now trying to like piece <laughs> Figure it, it out, yeah. 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 The Chuck glacier Chester. brought Chuck E. Cheese yeah. And listen to the okay. train too, man. This is yes. John continues to show us around stone corners. There seems to be something interesting everywhere you look, even on his front porch. And just a, a quick note, there are two sleighs on this porch. Two full-sized, amazing <laughs> sleighs that were pulled by horses, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I restore them, and I got a museum at Conover Square up on the second floor. I, I got maybe 15 or 20 of them. Oh. 
and I restore them. I bend the dashes and everything, redo all the runners, and these are ones I'm going to restore. Like I'm building a museum. I don't know if I mentioned it or not, out by the greenhouse. It's going to be called the Children's Interactive Agriculture Museum. Most museums you go in, everything is dusty and it's sitting there, and the kids can't relate to a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And so they'll be able to walk into my museum where they can crank up a bucket of water and pour it in a trough. And then I'm going to have a hand pump so they can actually pump the water out of the well with the hand pump. There's going to be a fanning mill in there so they can pour the corn in there to get the shaft out. And then a corn sheller so that they can turn and put corn in and shell the corn. I've got a threshing machine that'll be operating in there, be very loud, yeah. which is cool. Kids are going oh, to yeah. love it. And all the pulleys spinning and I'll have a picket fence and split rail fence around things. It's going to be, like I said, an interactive. There's, I'm going to have a fiberglass horse. I got lines on a fiberglass horse where they're going to have to put all the bridles and harnesses and everything on it and then pull the buggy up to hook hmm. it up to the horse. Oh, wow. Okay. Because you, you got to pass this on. I'm not going to be here forever. And there's that little spark. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Classroom learning is good. Okay. I understand that. But you got to get outside the classroom. Absolutely. My, yeah, my favorite teachers were George Busca. Science teacher was my home teach, class okay. teacher. I admire him more than you can imagine. We would go, we came here when I was 12 years old to oh. look at Stone's geology class. Then we'd go fossil collecting. I'm big on fossils. I love fossils. I'll show you some in here. I got two that you'll blow your mind. Anyways, we would go places and do things, go to the Indian burial mounds and and he had such a way, and he was kind of my mentor, and that's, mm -hmm. I want to pass on what he's doing. He's retired now. He moved to Arizona to be with his kids and stuff. But hands-on learning experience, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we have a Model T in there where they could take the wheel on and off, use a wrench. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you bet. That's, that's the best like, way that's to learn. All right, we're coming back when, when, when you open that, definitely. Oh, yes. I got Get the pad there out there, and they told me I had to leave the pad sit the gravel for so long. And uh, the building will be 50 by probably 100 foot. It's been a dream of mine forever. Now this just makes sense. If anyone should open a museum, it's John Barnhart with his incredible collection. He takes us inside the house, where even the windows are still original from the 1800s. One is slightly cracked, but John doesn't mind. It gives a character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. The ceiling is cracked oh, in the bedroom. It's the original ceiling. I'm going to leave it alone. Okay, this you're talking about having to duck when you walk through doors around here. Oh, the one over there is worse, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got to duck quite a bit to get in there. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. No, no. People were shorter back then. Yeah, yeah they were, yeah. yeah. Inside the house are even more treasures, including two fossilized dinosaur eggs. What? Sorry. Is that cool or what? <laughs> yep. Amazing. I found that at the sale barn in a box of rocks, and yep. I seen them there. I was hoping nobody else recognized it. Yeah, those, these two right here. They, Try to incubate it? Maybe we could bring Wouldn't that be great? Jurassic Park. I want him to clone a mammoth. John then shows us a photo of Stone Corners before he purchased the property. Right over here is a picture of the property with a uh, look down. You can see it. And there's no rocks. Oh. Yeah. They're all gone, every single one. Oh, that is sad. <laughs> yes, it was very broke my heart. I actually cried that night when they left. Oh. They thought it was funny. It's clear that John cares deeply about the house and Stone Corners, it turns out he would even come here as a kid. I remember going around here with my dad and the old falcon. We'd go fishing and pretty soon I'd get bored. So I'd come up here and I'd sit in the weeds in the ditch over there and just look at this house. Just think it was the neatest place in the world. I was just a little kid, you know. It was so neat, you know, all these rocks That's and everything amazing. was mysterious. Yeah. It looked like a haunted house and I loved haunted houses and anything <laughs> strange. Another huge part of John's collection is bicycles. He has hundreds. 
There's even a sculpture we noticed by John of a man made entirely out of bicycle parts. So we've been talking about the rock collection, yeah. but I like to think what first caught Dan's eye here was the bicycles. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the collection of bicycles too. Well, I, I've always been into bikes. My first bike I won selling newspaper subscriptions to the Life Paper, 1976 Huffy Bicentennial Edition. And, uh, and then I just love bicycles. I'm part of a, a group called uh, Working Bikes Incorporated, and uh, it's in Chicago on uh, 18th Street. And uh, we gather up bikes, and uh, they come out. We, yeah, we can walk out yeah. here, sure. And uh, they come out, and they gather them up every other year, and uh, they rebuild them, and they put them in shipping containers, and they ship them to third world countries where people have no transportation, and um, pour a pad of concrete, put the shipping container on it. The shipping container becomes the bike shop, and then they divvy out the bikes as they see fit. They have a phone they could call for extra parts if they need them. And uh, mountain bikes are what they're really looking for. But if you want to donate nice road bikes, they sell those in their store. And then they, that money is used to buy complete tool sets oh. to go with the bikes. It's, it's really a good program. Yeah. Spencer, I found your bike. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one with the nunchucks for uh, handles. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Yeah, I got Tonka uh, bicycles in here, bikes that are made by Jeep, Honda, Suzuki, Yamaha. Okay, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle bike was pretty awesome. But then John shows us what I think is one of the coolest things in his collection. He slides open a barn door and uncovers a large blanket to reveal a 1915 Ford Model T. Still working. Good lord. This one here has the aluminum hood, so this was early in World War One, But it runs, it runs great. It runs? Oh yeah, it runs great. Do you have to crank it? Yeah, you have to crank it, yeah. Then I got a 1919 in that garage. I've always wanted this car and I finally got it. And uh, I, I like European cars, French cars. Well, I like everything, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what don't you like? Yeah, life um, is very exciting. You yeah. just gotta go out and get it. Yeah. You know, we're only spending a morning here, but if we spent a week here, we'd still be just walking around wide-eyed and yeah. all this. Yeah. This is my blacksmith shop. Oh, cool. Uh, when oh, I get wow. the museum put up, a lot of this stuff will go in the museum license plates from, you know, way back. Early ones. Do you have an anvil? Yeah, right up here, yeah. Oh, oh. there it is. Anvil. Is that yeah. your head? <laughs> that nice ringing? Something you only see in cartoons, so I'm excited to see one in real life. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever drop it on a Roadrunner or anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, you wait, he comes by here. Has anyone ever called you a human rabbit hole? I just think it's so great, and it's a great compliment for me. It's like when you're looking at something and then you just keep finding more and more, oh, and you just want yeah, to keep going and going. ADHD or something, I no, got it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you got the knowledge is what you've got, which is great. Human encyclopedia is a better. I just, I want people to be enthusiastic about yeah. life because it really is good. It all just blends too, and I'm glad you know you know what you've done and what was original and what came from where, which is, and I'm glad you you've documented it too. But even just driving by, you're gonna see a lot. Yeah, someone who people, just wants they, they to. They go by with their camera out the door, out the window. We did. <laughs> yeah, that was us. The one Dan took us by yeah. the first time. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, you drove us by, and you're like, we're we're gonna come back, and we're like, yes, <laughs> yes, we are. This is so. I thought great. of a guy with an interesting collection. Yeah. That was. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that's an understatement almost even. One last question sure. from me too. Do you, what advice would you give to someone? What would you tell someone who's interested in collecting something? Maybe they're passionate about something, but they don't know where to one. start. Just, start with one. Just start with one. And uh, it's exciting. It's, it's, a, it's an adventure going through antique stores and stuff. You know, I still have my stamp collection from when I was a kid, coin collection, you know, pens. And I've collected so many things through the years. Um, it's always the, 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 the excitement of finding that next item, you know what I'm saying? And then pretty soon you'll find something else that kind of interests you. So you start collecting that. All my Matchbox cars, I still have them from when I was a kid, you oh, know. Really? Yeah, all the right. 70s and everything. And it's, it's remarkable. I don't have my evil Knievel. Ma threw it away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was a bomb. But anyway, Star Trek, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Just start with one. You know, a lot of times you may not be able to afford the best action figure that you want. You know, you may not be able to afford, you know, the, the Star Command, you know, for Star Trek. Start out small, then work your way up. And then you can trade maybe a couple so-sos for a real nice. You know what I'm saying? It just all depends. But rock collecting, um, just knock on farmer's doors and um, tell them you're a rock hound. Yeah. You mind if I walk out and pick up rocks and stuff, you know? Go along the river, pick up rocks, you know? You may not be able to go to a scale as big as me, but um, but who's to say? You know what I'm saying? Thank <laughs> yeah. you, John. Yeah, you're welcome, Dad. This is a real yes. treat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This was. yeah, no, this is a real treat, and this, this is. Was. I think it's going to inspire yeah. people to uh, want to share their collections with us as well. Oh, I, I love that. I love meeting new people and interesting people. People that are excited, you know, about their collections and enthusiastic and over the top. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I appreciate you. you guys coming. It this means a lot. Oh, this is terrific. Yeah. I like it when people take interest in, in what I do, you know. It's hard to answer someone who so why did you know, why did you do this or what's the purpose of this, you know? What's the meaning of it? Fun. It's yeah. enjoyable. Bring a smile to someone else's face too. It's for its own purpose. It yeah, and inspire just... someone, you know. Yeah. Well, I could never do that. Yeah, you can. So that was our trip to Stone Corners. I got to say that any collection I've ever collected in my life, big deal. Who cares now that we've seen the <laughs> ultimate in collections? And everybody's so supportive about it. Exactly. Too. I love what he said about uh, just start with one, one right. thing, and, and go from there. And it's really just about doing what you love and for the, for the love of these, these objects, these items, these treasures. They are treasures. And with them came so many stories. I really loved that. And... We would love to see your collections. If you've got a yes. collection that you'd like to share with us and WNIJ listeners, let's uh, let's hear it. Let's hear about it. You can uh, contact us. Send us. Got to have photos. Come on. Tell us about your collection. Send us some pictures to rocks at niu.edu. And while you're over there, let us know what you think we should explore yeah. for the next podcast. We're always looking for something fun, exciting, interesting. Let's do it. Thanks for joining us on another Under Rocks. You mind if I use your outhouse before? Yeah, you go right ahead. Go right ahead. Hey, thanks. I've never used an outhouse. Uh, Spencer, how was it? Oh, that was amazing. Okay. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Best first outhouse experience. Good. You won't be able to sleep tonight if you're calling your friends and everything.